You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 21 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to welcome onto the line. It is the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Um, trying my best to get in the festive spirit. How about yourself? How are you doing? Well, I'm well and truly in the festive spirit. Oh, excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's uh, we are really on the countdown for Christmas. Mm. Um, I take it you've got all your decorations up and all your, they your are. presents. Have you bought all your presents yet? Uh, one or two left to get, I think. But mostly, mostly done and dusted now, I think. Excellent, excellent. Well, hopefully we can look forward to a, a, a really merry Christmas mm. and a happy festive fixture schedule. We will, of course, be talking about our um, our festive games um, towards the end of this week's podcast. But before then, we have two interviews for you. One from the Premier Division, uh, that is um, Craig Loxton, the Shepton Mallet manager. And in the First Division, um, we will be talking to a new person on the podcast. It is Jake Edwards, uh, the manager of Titherington Rocks, quite possibly the club with the best name in the Tool Station Western League. Um, but before we get on to that, we will start with our games on the 18th uh, of December. And we're going to kick off in Bridgewater. And uh, Bridgewater United took on Exmouth Town. And uh, I know you're going to give us all the action there, Tom, but I, I, I can't really get away from the attendance. Um, 439. I, I, I don't know what it is that uh, the Bridgewater United marketing um, manager is drinking, but I'll have some. Yeah, I always sort of take these numbers from the website and kind of, yeah, it went something like that. It does stand out, doesn't it? Obviously, I um, yeah, don't know precisely if they targeted this game as a as a big one, but it, uh, yeah, definitely delivered on that front. There was a late kickoff. I wonder if that was um, potentially um, because of uh, a few extra people turning up and whatnot. But it was, uh, yeah, it was the away team that went home the happiest in this one. Uh, Exmouth running out 2-0 winners. So, uh, yeah, shutting out the hosts. Um it was two goals in the space of 10 second half minutes that did the did the business for for Exmouth and that was Ben Steer and Jordan Harris. Uh, I think there's well Harris definitely and and Steer also two 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 names that pop up uh, more often than not. So uh, yeah, both of those chaps uh, get on the score sheet and it was a good 2-0 win for Exmouth away at Bridgewater. I mean, I thought that was going to be a good game anyway. You know, Exmouth, we know how competitive they mm. are. We know what the ambition of Bridgewater was. Of course, we had Dave Pierce on the uh, the podcast last week but still you know 439 that's a sort of yeah. attendance of of milksham proportions that is so um hats off i mean clearly they're going to want to start getting you know that i'm sure they'd have been happier to have won that game than got 400 <laughs> people in the ground but anyway. two people there yeah yeah um <laughs> right then we, we will move on to bridport but we're going to do it quickly and we're going to yeah, do yeah. it sensitively we'll Tom, because uh, unfortunately they've, they've they had another difficult day at the office it would be fair to say but um millbrook um uh, there's got to be a point in time where you can't, you can no longer say going under the radar. Ha. But um, I'm, I'm, tell us, tell us who filled their boots at Bridport, Tom. <laughs> there was a couple of chaps, obviously, when Millbrook uh, did did run out 12-1 winners. I think we have to put the bracket parenthesis bracket 12 uh, on that one. Uh, yeah, Ricky Shepherd, obviously he, obviously he did. Uh, he scored three times. There was an, also a hatchet for Captain Tom Payne. Couple of goals for Josh Toulson as well, uh, but yeah, it was um, yep. Well, Bridport did equalise earlier in the game, which is yeah probably the 
yeah, the, the one positive they can take from this game. But yeah, tough afternoon again for them. And obviously they are struggling at the bottom. But Millbrook showing no mercy, really. Five goals first half, seven goals second. And uh, yeah, big, big help for their goal difference. Now we'll move on to um, uh, one of the real picks of the day. In fact, actually, I mean, we were treated to, to a real um, catalogue of excellent football on, on Saturday. But another one of the top games saw Somerset's own Shepton Mallet take on Helston Athletic. Helston, of course, have only lost once in the league so far. So was that record under threat at Shepton Mallet, Tom? It was, yeah. Well, it, yeah, came they came unstuck. Uh, a 3-1 defeat for Helston uh, away at the Mallet. Uh, they had gone ahead in this one, but uh, yeah, they, they succumbed to a, a, a yeah, good... Good, uh, good period uh, during the second half from Mallet, which yeah really pushed them, pushed them towards victory. Um, so they they drawn level through Joe Morgan to make it one all. Um, they moved then moved in front to turn turn the game on its head. Finn Haynes scoring just before the interval, so uh, a two one two one half time lead for the Mallet, uh, and they managed to push on. It was Aaron Sevier uh, extending their advantage, and they didn't really yeah didn't really look back from there. Um, and they had suffered a, a pretty recent defeat to the, the same opponents, so I'm sure they'll be happy to have got one over on them this time, but it was Shep the Mallet 3, Helston 1. Yes, and of course, as as always, we, we do talk about the coverage a lot that Helston produce. On this occasion, probably Helston fans won't be that keen on watching a 3-1 defeat, but I'm sure Shepton Mallet fans will. So if you find Mark Huckle, Piran Films on uh, on social media, then give that footage um, a, 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 a look at, because it's, um, you know, it's, obviously it's really good um uh, really good to see the action um, from that game. Um, anyway, uh, a 3-1 win at home then. And uh, I thought that was a good opportunity to have a chat with an old friend of the Tool Station Western League podcast, the Shepton joint manager, Craig Loxton. Um, I started my conversation with Craig by, by asking for his reflections on the game. Yeah, I was very happy. We've, we've been on a tough run of late, played a lot of top teams and... It was just nice, really, to to get that sort of resounding win that we've been looking for. You know, I think we've we've picked up the last sort of month, really. Although the results haven't been there, but the performances have been much improved, and it was just a uh, sort of good to have that feeling back back in the camp. You know, leading into Christmas, and you know, get that feel good factor around the club, really. Do you think it gives you a bigger boost because obviously Helston had only been beaten once this season, so you're the second side um, that's managed to take all three three points of them. Is that you know is that something that's given your your, your boys a bigger boost? Yeah, I think it's always nice to sort of take points off the some sort of top teams that are, that are going for promotion. As we've seen this season, you know, everyone's sort of beating every, everyone. I think it's only Tavistock that are really sort of pulling away with it at the moment. And but we're always involved in the games. You know we. Our defeats, I know we've had a, a, a few of late, but a lot of them are, are very narrow defeats. So we always knew that we were going to give Helston a game. It's just it's just on that day, obviously, probably converting our chances and, and, and limiting them to, to not many. And obviously, it came into place on Saturday. But yeah, we were, we were delighted to get the three points. Because you played Helston about a month ago. That was down at their place. Do you think you learned anything from that game that helped you get the better of them at the weekend? Yeah, well, obviously, we've done a bit of research on them before, and we knew, obviously, they were quite a direct team, um, so we knew coming up to us that that probably wouldn't change as much, and, you know, we sort of looked at areas, maybe we could exploit them, and, and just sort of, as well, concentrating on our own game, really, because we know that what we need to do, really, to improve and, and maybe tighten up on, and, but yeah, we, we sort of learned from that first game, because it was very tight, and I know they've, they've had a couple of changes since then, but yeah, it all came together Saturday, and, and 
we were just really happy that sort of we clicked as, as, as our group. Now, you're 12th in the table going into Christmas. Is, is that a fair reflection of your first half of this season? Yeah, I think it is, really. We had a great start. Um, we had lot, lot, lots of wins, sort of high scoring in a few games, and, you know, had a very good defensive record. And, you know, we hit a blip, really. Obviously, probably the last, last sort of eight weeks where we sort of just, sort of maybe confidence hit us. We are a very young group. That's changed this year from sort of last season, and, and, and we knew it, that would be the case where we would hit that blip. It was just sort of how quickly we, we could recover from that. It. Obviously, it's probably gone on a little bit longer than, than what we wanted, but um, obviously moving into uh, moving into Christmas, we're sort of hoping to sort of we turn that corner now, and we got some good games coming up, and we can sort of put a few wins now together back to back. Yeah. The back-to-back things of interest to me, Craig, because you have been winning games. I appreciate that, you know you, what you say about the blip, but but whilst you've been picking up wins, you haven't been getting them back-to-back. And is that what you want now? You want to see the side go on a bit of a run? Yeah, that's that's what we want. Predominantly, this this sort of spell, the sort of bad spell that we've had over the last sort of few seasons, we predominantly had it in this sort of uh, time of the season. But we normally sort of around Christmas into the new year, we we come on strong so we're hoping we're hoping that will happen again and, and I do look at the table and there is not a lot of points in it so sort of two and three wins on the bounce you can move you can move up um, move up a few places because as I said earlier you know every team seems to be beating everyone especially sort of us from 12 right the way sort of up to I think Bitten or, or Helston in second it's, 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 it's very close really I mean, do you think that's a sign of how competitive this division is, or do you think that perhaps other factors are at play? Obviously, we're still sort of staring down the barrel of the coronavirus at the moment, and I know that's hit player availability. So, do you think that there are some other factors at play? Maybe a combination of all. I think the main factor is it's probably the strongest league that we've had now for for the last few years. I think obviously the, the new additions, all the sort of Cornwall-based teams have come in, and you know we've we played every one of them. I think apart from Millbrook and. They're all very strong. There's no, there's no hiding the fact that they're all up, um, sort of in the, the higher end of the division. So we know it's going to be tough. And also the structure change. I think that has maybe effect, affected um, personnel and availability. I know it probably it has us at times as well with, with the travel. Probably more at the start of the season. Well, with regards to retaining players, because I, I think it maybe put a few players off staying in the league where they probably didn't want that commitment and in that travel but um, you know it, it kind of is what it is with that now we know what we've signed up for and, and you know and the good thing with us is I think we've done sort of 80% of those long journeys already so we've, we've kind of got them out of the way and now we can sort of just look forward to to what's next So realistically speaking when you're looking at the table you know how how high do you think you can take your side this season? I think definitely we can get into the the top 10 I think we're 12th now and I look at we can definitely go up a few places if we can get into the top eight, around top eight six, I think I'd be delighted with that. Like I said, we are a very young team this season. You know, we've had a we're going through probably through a transitional period as a club. You know, we knew that players would leave obviously last season, and, and we decided to sort of go a little bit younger with it. You know, from our starting eleven Saturday, I think seven of them were below twenty four years old, and four of those seven were under twenty, which I think is a, a massive plus for, for for the players and for the club that. In sort of the next season, the season after, they'll they'll continue to grow and, and, and be very strong. And I think that's that's the massive positive I'm taking for it. With regards to how far we can go this season, I think we're definitely holding our own. I think anyone who plays us knows 
that we're a very good team. It's just whether we can sort of get that experience and that know-how that some of the other teams have, have probably got the edge on us, which I think. But if if we can get if we can get up to eighth or tenth and eighth, I think that that'd be a very very good season for us. You mentioned Tavistock earlier in the interview. They are going very well at the moment. Um, I mean, given that you've seen up close a lot of these, a lot of the top sides, have you got a feeling for for which other teams do you think will be pushing Tavistock at the end of this season? Yeah, I think there's, there's a few teams. Obviously, we, we've played them all. We've played Bitten, we've played Mousel, we've played um, Helston, Exmouth. I think, I think personally for myself, I think Mousel are actually the best. Like, you know, quote unquote football inside. You know, people like to say, oh, they play the right way, or etc. But whether they can, you know, maintain that now through the through the winter season, where the pitches aren't so great, and you know, uh, player availability, etc. I just think Tavistock will, will run away with it. I think they're the most rounded squad. I think they can they can mix it both ways. They've got that experience of the last sort of two two seasons at the level. I think they'll be they'll be difficult to stop, but. Like I said, it's, it's very tight up there at the moment. I think it's just whoever can sort of get on or get on a run. I think there may be three or four teams right the way down to sort of... I think maybe Bridgewater might still fancy their chances if two of them got a few games in hand. It's just like we said earlier, if you can sort of get on that run and put three, four, five, six, seven games on the bounce and then before you know it, they're, they're right up in there in the mix with a shout. Um, I don't like to do this, and we're certainly not going to finish on this note, but um, the coronavirus is rearing its ugly head at the moment, and I know that you know around Christmas there are all sorts of discussions about what restrictions may or may not be reintroduced. H- how are you feeling about the game at the moment? Do you think we're going to get to finish this season on the pitch? I'm not sure at the moment. Obviously, the last sort of week is sort of really sped up with sort of what's going on nationally, and, and obviously the rates rising and that. Um, I hope so. I think that um, the last two years, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's, it's sort of affected everyone, not just just in football, but in life in general. But for me, I'm, I can't say I'm overly positive that it will finish if, if we go into sort of any restrictions again. I think it'll be difficult, especially for the clubs, you know, like financially. Um, but from a, from a football perspective, I, I really hope that it doesn't affect it because I know before, especially for our club, to keep the players sort of motivated throughout like a break or things like that it's really difficult because they can lose interest and then before you know it, you've got to kind of rebuild again and then that'd be the third season in a row and you know it, it just becomes difficult each year and year and year but you know fingers crossed we can sort of carry on through it but like I said I, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure to be honest with you well, we're going to keep everything crossed, Craig, and what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the football that is coming up, hopefully. It's Bridgewater. They're up uh, next on Boxing Day, and that's going to be a massive test for you, but hopefully a wonderful occasion as well. Yeah, they're always good games when we play Bridgewater. Um, they've got a good following. I'm sure they'll bring a few up to our, our, our ground on Boxing Day. Obviously, we're followed very well. We always get good crowds at home. I expect we will we're on Boxing Day, so it'll be a great occasion for everyone, but they're always good games. I think the last last few seasons they've been very good games between the, the both of us I think we've, we've probably edged them the last last two seasons but I think this year they're, they're going pretty strong I know Dave and his team down there have got a good squad together and, and they're you know they've made sort of no issues so in the fact that they're, 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 they're pushing for promotion they want to go up they are a big club they are a big club in the league and but we're looking forward to it you know it's, it's one of those games where I think that on the day that if, if we do everything we can I think we'll we can definitely get three points, but he'll be probably saying the same. It's in that crucial period now. We've got New Year's Day, obviously shortly after it, where we're 
try to build on it, but it's important that we um, we get something from that game. And I am right in saying that you're still playing a bit at the moment, aren't you? Well, I did. I played the last sort of three, but I sort of tweaked my hamstring a little bit um, at Mousel last Saturday, so I didn't play Saturday. But I haven't played as many games this season as um, what I've usually usually done the last few, which was probably always the plan as such. You know, I, I sort of at my age now, I know I can't play play every week, but I came back the last the last few games and sort of done it well. But obviously, like I said, the lads did really well Saturday, but try to keep myself fit and um, available for when that time comes but um, we'll see where, how many more I play or, or when it is I'm sure I'll, I'll put my boots on again at some point but when that is uh, I don't know Well I, I just wondered whether you were going to be having a light lunch on Christmas Day Yeah I, I don't um, I don't indulge too uh, too much but I'll, um, I'll certainly be enjoying my food that's for certain but yeah we'll have, um, we'll have one eye on Boxing Day that's for sure yeah, well, if you if you do feel the need to pass the port, I'm sure that that hamstring might tighten up a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're not wrong. <laughs> anyway, Craig, thank you very much um, for taking the time to speak to us on the podcast. It's always a pleasure, and uh, good luck for the second half of the season. Cheers, Ian. And my thanks to Craig for his time. Uh, now we will move um, down the road from Shepton Mallet. Um, we'll, well, I should down the road to Street, no less. Would you believe the visitors uh, were Mousel, and um, well, the the home fans won't have gone home happy here, Tom. No, absolutely. Uh, well, a big win for for Mousel. Six two victors they were uh, in the end at uh, Tannery Ground. So uh, yeah, pretty comprehensive win for them. Uh, scoring a couple of early goals, uh, Hayden Turner from the spot, and then Callum McConey. Uh, so uh, yeah, two nil, two nil up, uh, and, and looking pretty good from there. Obviously they're in, yeah, they're in fine form. So tough to come back uh, for Street, and it was, yeah, it was, it proved that way. McConey stretching the lead with uh, at the beginning of the second half with a with a back heel finish, and then it was Kyle Fraser who made it four soon after. So uh, yeah, pretty much done and dusted by then. Uh, it was a couple of goals from Harry Foster uh, during the second half, which was obviously good news for the hosts. But uh, yeah, they weren't. Weren't really a threat to, to Mousel, and it was uh, Turner, uh, Hayden Turner, that is. Uh, took home much of the plaudits. A uh, couple of goals in the in the final 10 minutes to help complete his hat-trick. So, uh, yeah, memorable afternoon for Hayden Turner and a good win again for, for Mousel. One final game in the Premier Division that we're going to cover today, and that is uh, the league leaders, Tavistock. They were entertaining Canesham Town. Now, of course, they would have been many people's pre-match favourites, but we know how well Canesham have been doing this season. Um, John Allen won't be happy with this. He will get an opportunity to avenge this defeat uh, in January. But, Tom, the league leaders were in pretty awesome form on Saturday. Yeah, they were, yeah, especially in the second half. They really, yeah, really did pull away. Uh, eventually, uh, winning by six goals to nil. So uh, another, yeah, another fantastic afternoon for them in front of goal. Uh, and it all started after just two minutes. Ben Cross putting them in front uh, uh, against the Keynesham side, who I'd noted, yeah, they've. I think this was their fourth consecutive uh, away game uh, in, a, in a variety of different competitions. So they have been, yeah, have been uh, running around a little bit recently to, to to get to these games. No, no home games in a while, but um, which obviously can take it out on you a little bit. Maybe that, maybe that showed during the second half against a, a well fully stopped uh, Tavistock side, wasn't it? Uh, Liam Prynne, obviously our leading scorer uh, in the Western League. He made it 2-0 just before half time, uh, and then yeah, added a. A couple more after the break. I think he, yeah, um, eventually scored four in this one. Uh, and it was uh, after he'd gone off, it was a substitute, CJ Pritchard, uh, who completed scoring 10 minutes from time. But it was Tavistock, 6-0 winners at home to Kenshin. 
If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you. Now, moving into the first division, and our first feature game is Bishop Sutton. They took on Almondsbury. Now, Almondsbury have been upsetting the apple cart all over the place um, recently, but I think the uh, they were slightly derailed in uh, in northeast Somerset, Tom. They were, no, but it didn't look that way from from the off. Isaac Flynn uh, putting them putting them ahead after just five minutes, so a perfect start. Uh, but from there, yeah, Bishop Sutton really did, um, yeah. Well, it's probably will have to go down as one of their better performances of the season, I'd have thought. Um, Oakland Buck beating the offside trap uh, to level after about a quarter of an hour or so. Uh, then it was a couple of free headers, Craig Wilson and Brad Hardidge, both both scoring from set pieces uh, to make it 3-1 after after about half an hour or so. So they'd really turned the tables at that point. Uh, and they managed to push on in the second half. Uh, Jacob Bird scoring his first for the club uh, to make it 4-1. And then it was Oakland Buck uh, get on the score sheet again, adding adding his second of the afternoon and rounding out the uh, the 5-1 win. Uh, now, moving to Gillingham Town and uh, a place I know well, of course. Um, having gone there earlier this season with Devizes Town, we won't be talking about that, but we will be talking about the visit of Titherington Rocks. Uh, one of our new sides. We don't talk about them very much on the podcast, but we'll have to make amends for that today. And um, their supporters will certainly be keen to hear how they got on on Saturday, Tom. Yeah, a, a win, uh, a 2-1 win. And uh, yeah, impressive it was too. Now, I haven't enjoyed too much success in recent times. It's first first victory in, in quite a while, I think, since sort of uh, early October or so. So it's a, a good time Good time to chat to them, I think. But uh, a 2-1 win for them uh, away at Gillingham, and that was uh, goals from Mike Johnson and then Lawrence Lefebvre uh, helping them to, to, to capture that away victory. Well, I thought it was about time we caught up with the uh, Rocks manager, Jake Edwards. And uh, I started by asking Jake what he's made of life in the Western League since Titherington joined us at the start of this season. It's been... It's been a tough one. Um, it's definitely been um, an eye-opener. I, I wasn't in the Hellenic as a, as a manager or as a coach when I came across. Um, so I definitely can't compare the leagues. Um, but not but not knowing the, the league at all or knowing knowing any teams about how they play, it was a real eye-opener to, to men's football, really, um, and, and, and how at this level of football it could be crucial if you make a mistake people punish you so it's, it's been a good one it's been a fun one and it's de- you know every game is definitely a learning curve and we're enjoying it so far so it sounds then that it, it's been an in- you've you've seen a sort of an increase in the standard of, of football uh, or a standard of competition since the start of this season yes no definitely I, I definitely know that you know listening to your podcast that other managers I think standards and stuff has dropped um, I've come across from um, the Sussex area um, managing and I'd say the commitment we get to football over here is, is much better um, and, I, and I think that again I think one of the managers said about the physicality of this league and it definitely I don't think there's any any other leagues that has the physicality that this league has. Now of course you were um, at Gillingham um, on um, on Saturday you had a very good um, uh, result um, there, uh, I mean, I, I was I was very impressed with Gillingham in my visit um, to, to their club. What, what what did you make of them and your own team's performance on the day? 
I thought they were solid. I thought defensively, I thought they were really good. I thought they were well-structured. They definitely were hard to, to break down. They won a lot of the first balls. They made winning second balls really very like, really difficult. And I thought that they were just a, a well-organised team. And I think you can tell that in, in the setup they've got down there as well. It's a pretty good setup. Um, and I think that the, the management over there is do, doing a really good job. We were just lucky enough on the day that we took our chances and they didn't. And, you know, but that's football. So definitely enjoyed taking the three points. Yeah, of course, Gillingham are another one of our of our new sides this season. I mean, it's interesting as somebody who's watched quite a lot of first division football over the the last few years. I think sometimes familiarity breeds contempt, and of course, you're, you're an unknown quantity, and 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 you know, Gillingham have been an unknown quantity this this season. Do you think that gives you an advantage at all that there'll be teams out there that are unfamiliar with you in the way that you play? Or, I mean, you're you're probably experiencing that most weeks yourselves. Yes, I, I actually think I think it works both ways. I think you know it goes against us sometimes because, especially as a, as a new manager and, a, and as a new club, we don't know any players in in the league. So trying to get players across the Titherington is really really hard um, and, and difficult. But equally, you know teams don't know any of our players, so we turn up and no one knows you know who one of our better players are or or um, where maybe sometimes we are, are lacking players if they haven't you know if they're not available that week. Um, and, and it works both ways when we go to them because I don't know who's who's a really good striker or centre back or anything like that. So definitely learning. You know, when we play teams the first time round, we're definitely learning. There's a learning curve, and I'm sure it's the same for them when they play us. And I know that some teams have been really complimentary about us. I think Bocco were and so Welton, um, and I think you know they're a bit surprised when they've turned up because we definitely had a very poor start to the season. But I think that that, that poor start's really helped us to kick on and. And know what to what, what to expect from this league. Yeah, I mean, it has. You've had a difficult couple of months. It would be fair to say, and I guess that's one of the benefits that comes from that win against Gillingham. That it, you know, it's been the first time for a while you've managed to get um, three points. I mean, do you think that that's going to give your squad the confidence they need to, to to sort of go on a better run in the second half of this season? I definitely think so. I think we I think we had such a good October that we got a little bit probably ahead of ourselves in thinking, oh, we're top seven here, we could probably push on. Uh, and then we started to play the top seven. And I think the difference was, we, you know, we could be as organised, we played really some good football at times, but the difference was when we made a state, mistakes, they punished us and definitely punished us by two, three goals. Um, and then, you know, that starts separating the, the, the top seven then to now being top 13. And I'd say now we've got a nice little run of teams in and around us, which, you know, if we put a bit of a string of results together, you're back in the top seven, which is really, really nice to be and a nice place, nice place to be in. Um, but I would definitely say that that top five is, is a cut above on their day, definitely. So it's been a, been a, been a bit of a tough, tough period of the last six games, but we've started to play teams around us now. So, sort of going into Christmas, you're you're thirteenth in the table. I mean, do you think that's a sort of a fair reflection on how the first half of this season has gone? Yeah, definitely. From the start of the season, we, we had a really poor start to the season, um, and, and you know, every team's had it with availability um, and, and just finding our feet. Really, as, as a management, I wasn't manager at the start of the season. Um, we had someone else. I, I was assistant with um, someone else, and we were just finding what our best team and what best fit we had really um, and, and then you're then trying to play games when you're not really ready because you didn't know what our best team was and then that actually benefited us in September and October because we started to settle down now and although some results haven't gone our way we've had some real good performances 
And although we may have lost 2-3-0, we've taken a lot of positives away from that. So, yeah, definitely, the you know, the, it's been a fair reflection, I'd say. Well, you've got Almondsbury up next, and um, I mean they are the sort of the the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde side. They lost at the weekend, but they're, they're capable of beating Welton Rovers, so they can't be taken easily. And then it's um, Bristol Telephones at home, so that's going to be an interesting couple of games for you over the festive period. Yes, no, I, the the target to the lads was that we don't lose in December. Radstock being abandoned at halftime probably helped us. <laughs> um, but I'd say that, you know, if we can go to Oldsbury and, telefo- and Bristol Telephones without um, losing, we're, you know, we're, we're, we've then put a string of games being unbeaten. And I think when, you, when you're unbeaten and you had a few, even if it's draws, teams aren't beating you. And if you're staying in games for 60, 70 minutes, you're definitely putting yourself in a good, good place to win games. And I definitely try and, you know, that's something that we try and say to the lads is that once we get to 70 minutes, I, I definitely think we can, we've got enough to go and nick it in the last 20. So this is the first time, obviously, that you've been on the podcast and uh, the first time that many of our listeners will have come across Titherington Rocks. Um, can you give us a taste of what a visit to Hardwick Field is like? I think it would bring a lot of, I'd say, old school fans make them very happy with a field, a clubhouse and a, and a, and a, and a ground. Um, I'd say good hospitality for what we've got. We are a small club. And we've got a really small committee and we're, we're in a small little village. And, you know, we go to some places and, and they've definitely got really good setups. But I think for what we've got, I think, you know, pound for pound, we definitely offer as good as good as a club that's got, you know, a, a massive bar and a massive clubhouse. Um, and, and I like to think when they come to watch the football, they see a team that tries to play football on the floor. Not that it matters either way, whether you want to, you know, be physical and go long, you know, you get the results the way you get the results. But if you come into what, if you're the, your ground hopper and you want to watch good football, I definitely think we're a team that you want to come and watch. Just one final question, Jake, and it's the one I ask all the managers for the first time when we speak to them on the podcast. Obviously, this is the first time the listeners will have heard from you. So can you tell us a little bit about your footballing journey to the Titherington Rocks dugout? Yes, definitely. No, I... I started off, um, I went to university um, and did a football coaching degree I in uh, the University of Chichester. I managed a, I managed a team in, in, in the equivalent to what our county would be in, Sus- in the Sussex League. Um, I then went on to be a uh, first team coach at this, this kind of level. I then went to, went to then study uh, sports performance coaching. Um, coaching. Um, and performance analysis masters at University of Gloucester, where I where I live, um, and I did a intern year at Forest Green as their under 18s um, analyst. Um, and then it, it came to the end of my internship, and I definitely knew that I wanted to coach, I wanted to manage, and the you know, the analysis side of the game isn't for me because I want to be the one making the decisions. And I saw that Titherington were looking for a manager. I applied. Um, got the assistant manager role uh, with Thiago. Thiago was the manager, and unfortunately, Thiago had to step away due to some health issues. So I, you know, I then the committee decided to, to go with me, and it's, it's been a really enjoyable run since then. Um, we've got really good backroom staff, and we've got quite a few backroom staff, and it's definitely something that I definitely believe in. The, you know, the more staff I have, the more I can, you know, it gives the players and it gives the players a professional feel we've got a, you know, a physio a fitness coach goalkeeper coach and as well as assistant manager obviously manager so we've got five members of staff all putting their weight and making the team the best it can be really
And my thanks to Jake for his time. Uh, now, moving on to Odd Down. Uh, the visitors were Wales City. Eight goals on offer here, Tom. Um, uh, well, and the, and the home fans will have gone home happy. Yeah, yeah. It was. It became uh, tighter than it probably should have, uh, I think. But it was a 5-3 win uh, in the end for, for Odd Down. Uh, a couple of goals towards the end of the first half from Shaq Perkins and, and Raphael War uh, making it 2-0 to, to the home side. Uh, and then a, another goal... Uh, yeah, soon after the interval as well. So they really did, did well over that period. From Francois Allen made it 3 0. Uh, but uh, yeah, Wells started to sort of show signs of uh, fight back. Got a goal back uh, before Perkins struck again to make it 4 1. Uh, but then Wells scored twice more, um, setting up a, a pretty frantic um, end to the match. Obviously, yeah, only a goal down at that time. But it was, yeah, fortunately for the hosts, they did have a little bit more in the tank. Uh, and War scoring a second uh, in injury time. Uh, yeah, eventually giving them the, the win, and that's now three on the spin. So a good, good little run of uh, run of results for for Odd Down, a five-three win for them over Wales on Saturday afternoon. Now our last two feature games on this week's podcast are real top of the table um, clashes. Um, the first one is Sherborne Town. They were at home to high flying Cheddar, and um, well, uh, a little bit more one-sided than perhaps the form book might suggest, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. This was a, a real standout result, and obviously Sherborne, yeah, now now up into second spot. So they are, yeah, they're going great guns at the moment. Um, went ahead in pretty pretty spectacular fashion. Herons lot, yeah, try that one time. Henry Lawrence Napier uh, lobbing the ball from from midway inside the opposition half. Um, so it was a, it was an empty net, but still pretty good technique, I think, to get it in from from that that distance. So uh, yeah, after just 15 minutes, putting them one up. Uh, and then another another excellent goal from from Josh Williams, making it two 0 just prior to half time. So uh, yeah, the zebras in in control at that stage, uh, and it stayed that way for for much of the game really. Uh, before a couple of late goals from Ash Guppy and then Alex Murphy uh, rounded out the the, the you know, well, pretty comprehensive win, I'd say a four one win for for Sherborne uh, over Cheddar. And finally, uh, league leaders Welton Rovers um, took on high-flying Wincanton. Now, Wincanton have been coming up on the rails, mm. to use a, um, a horse racing analogy. And here's another one for you. It Looks like our league leaders weren't at the races on Saturday. You love that one, don't you? Uh, right. And yeah, it definitely feels like Wincanton are at the moment. That's, um, yeah, they are the team in form. Obviously, we've spent much of the first half of the season waxing lyrical about Welton, and rightly so. Uh, but they seem to have... Yeah, they've hit a, hit a blip, haven't they? I think they've got a couple of players out at the moment with, with various different different reasoning behind that. I think injuries and what and whatnot, a few suspensions, and uh, yeah, three 0 defeat for them on on Saturday at home to to Wincanton, who are yeah, who are definitely now now the team 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 to team to watch. Seven on the spin they've won, uh, and it was goals from Jamie Thompson, Dan Quirk, and Cameron Allen uh, helping them helping them to this victory. Well, and, Obviously, can see very few, especially at home. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a tough afternoon for them. And it's Wincanton who are, yeah, definitely one of those teams applying pressure on, on Welton to, to maintain their form over the second half of the season. Uh, it's tricky, isn't it? When you've got a team like Welton that had won so many games earlier mm. this season, I guess, you know, there's a lot of sort of rivalry in football means that it's um, people are pleased to see them lose. And at the moment, of course, that sort of incredibly good run of form they've gone on has, has, has gone a little bit, um, you know, has gone, a, it has deserted them a little bit, but they're such a, they're such a great club. I mean, it was 120 at West Clues for that game uh, on Saturday. And I, I, you know, we've had um, Tom Smith on the podcast a few times now, you know, really, really nice guy. One of the game's good guys. And I'm absolutely convinced that um, Welton will, um, 
uh, you know, they'll get themselves back on track again because um, obviously they've started that this season so impressively. I mean, it's clearly making it more exciting uh, <laughs> at the top of the first division, but um, um, just keep the faith, Welton Rovers fans. I'm sure you'll come good um, soon. Anyway, uh, we will take a look at the upcoming fixtures, Tom. And, uh, well, this makes a nice change, doesn't it? Normally, of course, we're used to a full Boxing Day schedule, but the fixtures have been pretty much split between Sunday Mm. the 26th of December and Monday the 27th. Now, we'll kick off on Sunday. What game in the Premier Division catches your eye? Yeah, of course, uh, little one on on Boxing Day, uh, Cornish Derby uh, between Halston and Mousel. Uh, I had a little bit of research. I think it said there was a, a sort of half-hour drive between the two places. Maybe on a good day, I don't know what the traffic's like down there. But <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously both, yeah, long unbeaten runs at the moment for for each of them. So something's got to give. Uh, fourth v third. I don't think you get much bigger than that at this time of the year. And obviously, I think uh, yeah, the fixtures uh, secretary does a, a pretty decent job of of uh, trying to get some some local derbies going uh, around this time of time of the season. And uh, yeah, this is one of those standout games, I think, uh, to look out over, well, over the, the coming weeks. I certainly look forward to uh, Monday morning when I can watch the highlights from that game. Mm. I reckon that would be an absolute belter. So um, I think that's a great um, spot. Um, I'm going to, we're going to travel out of Cornwall. We're going to travel into Somerset. And um, we're going to go to Shepton Mallet, where the visitors of Bridgewater United. Now, of course, Mallet coming off of that good win against Helston this weekend. Bridgewater licking their wounds a bit after that defeat at home to um, to Exmouth. Um, so I think that this game, you know, is going to be highly competitive. I'm sure Bridgewater will want to be bouncing back. But um, Shepton, you know, are well aware of uh, what Bridgewater have to offer. So I think that will be a really competitive tie. And... Um, we will now go to the the first division. Now, I don't want to give too much away about the the, the magic of how the podcast gets put together, Tom. But but um, listeners might like to know that normally, of course, um, Tom goes first with these picks. But I do know oh. which game he was going for, so I've um, I've pulled rank, and he and he's had to pick a different one. Which one have you gone for, Tom? I've ended up with a Monday game in the first uh, between Bishop Sutton and Hengrove. So uh, yeah, I'd say the the visitors are in. Yeah, pretty decent nick. Um, not not obviously a, a high position in the in the league table at the moment, but yeah, pretty tough to tough to beat at the moment, I'd say. Uh, but they're taking on a, a Bishop Sutton side who've yeah won four of six, and obviously one of those that they haven't won was a draw against Welton, which at the time was a real standout result. So uh, yeah, I'd say Bishop Sutton and having put five past uh, past Almondsbury on the weekend as well. So they are yeah they're both both going pretty well at the moment. I think that should be a, a decent little game. And that's a 3 p.m. kickoff on Monday, the 27th of December. Correct. Yeah. 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 Well, on um, moving back to Boxing Day, and there is really only one show in town, particularly in the first division. Although, if you believe the wise words of Ryan Child, the manager of Radstock Town, he would say that this game is the biggest at this level. So if you are one of our Premier Division supporters listening um, to this podcast, then just remember that the biggest game that's going to be going on on Boxing Day is the Coalfield Classico, the game between Radstock Town and Welton Rovers, two sides separated by a little over a mile in northeast Somerset. Radstock are at home. That's a one o'clock kickoff. On uh, on bo- uh, on Boxing Day, the 26th of December, up at Southfields Recreation Ground, I am sure there is going to be an absolutely huge crowd um, for that. And if you want a little bit of a preview, then um, uh, there is a there is a rather good little preview in uh, the Midsummer Norton and Radstock District Journal um, this week um, about that game, which um, which 
I wrote and I am now shamelessly plugging. But anyway, there you go. Um, just before we move on to the goal scorers, there is, of course, one more game I would like to shamelessly plug on the podcast. It's the game that I'm hoping to be at on Monday, the 27th of December at Nursted Road Devices. We've had the Coalfield Classico. Now we're going to have El Multico, or with the fact that most of the Wiltshire sides have now departed the Western League, I could probably get away with calling it El Wiltico. But it is Devizes Town against Warminster Town. Now, the last time I went to that game, um, Devizes lost incredibly heavily and Boris Johnson shut down the country. So let's hope that neither of those things happen on Monday, the 27th of December. Uh, right then, Tom, before we um, break out the Christmas crackers and the, uh, and the eggnog, um, can you take us through our leading goal scorers in the Toolstation Western League? Can so uh, yes. Uh, in the Prem, we've got Liam Prin, as I say, leading the leading the way. He's got 27 league goals uh, for, for Tavistock. Uh, we've got Bitten's Dean Griffiths on 24 in second spot. Uh, Jack Taylor of Petrota has 20, and Jordan Harris of Exmouth, who keeps scoring, doesn't he? He's on 18. Uh, in the first division, we've got a couple of chaps on 22 at the top. Uh, that's Luke Bryan of Obdown, and then Oakland Buck of Bishop Sutton. Uh, Bailey Croom of Tiverington on 18, Cameron Brown of Lebec on 17, and then Jake Slocum, uh, Welton's leading scorer this term. He's got 16, and those are all uh, league goals. Uh, and then in, in all comps, uh, we've got Prin, who's just just notched his 30th of the season. Uh, Dean Griffiths have uh, bitten on 26, uh, Brian and Buck on 22, uh, Taylor of Bridgewater on 21, and also a shout for Rick, Ricky Shepherd. Uh, he's also on 21. Uh, so he's having a stellar season as well. So, yeah, that's how the Renovers and Riders are looking at the moment in the scoring charts. And uh, and finishing on a festive name there as well, Ricky Shepherd, because we, we do love a nativity. Now, of course, we have been doing our name of the week, haven't we? Mm. And um, I am. Um, uh, well, I didn't. I, I know you don't like it when I, I jump things on you. Oh. So I, I'm not. And unless unless you've had already prepared, unless you had a name up your sleeve, I was going to I was going to make a nomination. If that's all right, because I'm of course willing, we've had willing for you to take the lead on that one. Yeah, you no. are. Are you splendid? Well, Absolutely. I I just thought we'd um we'd um we you know we've obviously featured Titherington Rocks on this week's podcast, and I thought, well, why don't we pick out one of their players? And when you've got a goal scorer like Bailey Croom, yes. I mean, it sounds doesn't it? I mean, let's be honest, it does sound like a drink, and it sounds like the sort of drink that you'd have over Christmas. So that's um that's our that's our name of today. He is of course listed in your excellent bulletin, Tom. Um, where can the listeners find that? That is on the Toolstation uh, Western League website. Uh, it's about halfway down the, the sort of homepage uh, where you can yeah, click on that one and download it. And that will take you to the most recent uh, publication that comes out every week. Looking back and, and also, I guess, looking forward to the, to the fixtures to come. So, yeah, that's uh, out every week uh, and available on the website. Excellent. Well, Tom and I look forward to joining you next week. That will be the last podcast of 2021. And what a year it's been. Um, certainly one that we'd be pleased to see the back of, I am sure. Um, but before then, we have the small matter of Christmas. And in a slight break from tradition, you have been listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast. And from Tom and myself, a very merry. Many-